Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Get all your news, results, and updates on NASCAR every week on this channel. You've tried the best, now here's the rest. Let's fill the last row with our hosts, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. Halfway through the month of January, you know what that means. We're only one month away from the Daytona 500, as well as Daytona Speed Weeks. I am so excited. I can't wait for it. It feels like the off-season has been going by pretty fast. I mean, uh, sure, we do have a lot of holidays, and it's not much of a longer off-season compared to, like, the NFL or baseball or even basketball, for that matter. But it's been going by pretty fast. I mean, I'm not going to complain too much. I mean, I want to get see racing again, and I know you guys want to see racing again. And, of course, with the 2021 season, this is going to be the last year for the Gen 6 car, as well as a brand new schedule coming out, and a lot of guys' contracts actually end this year. So there was a lot of questions going into the 2021 season. We did answer most of them last week, or at least tried to, to the best of our knowledge, but we weren't able to get through all of them because, man, there's, there is plenty of questions, don't get me wrong. And I wanted to share these last two questions for this particular episode because I know they're going to be a lot longer. And the two questions are, who are the drivers in the hot seat after the end of the 2021 season? And then who also will be the drivers who can make it into the playoffs? Who have the best chances? And I'm going to go through each of these drivers. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. So let's get into it. This is part two of the biggest questions going into the 2021 season. All right, so the first question I have here is which drivers are on the hot seat for the 2021 season? And the way I kind of figured this one out, I have quite a few drivers on this list, but the main thing was I looked at which drivers' contracts end by the end of the 2021 season. I mean, that's a safe one to bet. Which ones are struggling with sponsorship? Which ones have teams honestly struggling with financial problems? And also, which drivers are honestly just not performing as well as we thought they would here in the top series? So let's focus on the more important drivers first, and then we'll touch on the teams who were finishing more in the back. I want to first start off with the number one for Chip Ganassi Racing, Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch, this is his last year with his contract with the number one team. And the thing about Kurt Busch is he obviously has uh, less races in front of him than he does behind him. He's been in the top series for 22 years, done a damn good job, won the 2004 championship, and has gotten at least one victory in most of his years in the top series. The problem is, we thought that he was going to retire about a couple years ago already. So already, retirement has been on his mind. So I really think that this year may be the determining factor on whether Kurt Busch wants to stay in the top series or finally retire. And I think Chip Ganassi is going to have a little bit of a say in that right now because I wonder if Chip Ganassi is thinking to himself, is it time to move on? Do I want someone in that number one car that can guarantee me a round of eight or a, round, or a final round championship opportunity for my team? And really, Chip Ganassi hasn't had that. He's had Jay McMurray in the car. He finished around the same spot as Kurt Busch. So, is there any really drivers that I got my eye on replacing the number one car? Not at the moment. Not anyone that I particularly see. However, it could happen that the number one car could be have a different driver by the end of the 2021 season. Next driver I have here is actually the number two of Brad Keselowski. Brad Keselowski 
just signed another year extension with Team Penske. He was supposed to leave at the end of the 2020 season, and many people thought that he was going to be going to the number 48 car. After winning the Coca-Cola 600, he got a one-year extension, kind of putting those rumors to rest. However, now it's brought up again, where is Brad Keselowski going to go by the end of the year? Because there's a lot of things really going through Team Penske's mind. They want eventually Austin Sinrick to be racing one of these cars in the Cup Series. He's going to be the number 21 car next year, but I don't think he's going to last too much longer in that ride. He's eventually going to be one of Team Penske's drivers. And the thing is, someone's going to have to move out. I mean, sponsorship is not that abundant at Team Penske. That's why the number two car has been struggling with sponsorship. They lost Miller Lite. They could lose Auto Trader. And really, the only thing that's confirmed is about half the races, and that's with discount tire. I don't know about the other few races on who they're going to have as sponsorship for that car. So, I mean, they're not going to expand to four cars, it looks like. And Brad Keselowski has always been the one rumored to leave. Now, I don't see this as the end of Brad Keselowski. I I mean, he is so talented that it would be asinine to let him go down to the lower series or just let him retire off into the sunset. I mean, he just made it into the final four. He's still competitive. So he's going to be in a ride. The question is, which ride will he be? in the next-gen car. Is he going to stay with Roger Penske, or is someone else going to pick him up? Maybe Rick Henrik picks him up after next year. I don't know how that relationship is. I mean, Rick Henrik did say a couple years ago that Brad Keselowski won't be that far away from him. So who knows? Maybe that's where he goes. But right now, he's kind of in the hot seat, and he's kind of really honestly performing right now to see who's going to pick him up. Or maybe he just stays with that team, and maybe they think of someone like Joey Logano or Ryan Blaney could be replaced by Austin Sindrick. But it's really hard for me to see that right now, as both of those drivers do have sponsorships locked in, and they're really talented at the moment. So right now, Brad Keselowski, he's on the hot seat for this year. Next one I have is the number five of Kyle Larson. Now, Kyle Larson is kind of an interesting subject because he signed a multi-year agreement. However, the thing is, sponsorship is not that abundant in that number five card right now. If you look at the Rick Henrik website for HenrikMotorsports.com, when they show Kyle Larson's page, you see a blank racing suit as well as a blank car. And honestly, if you look at Reddick, it looks like the main sponsor right now is going to be HenrikCars.com. And the reason why most people have speculated that is because they saw a trailer with the number five on it. And that's very worrisome. HenrikCars.com is obviously Rick Henrik's um, own business. And honestly, I don't know how long you can keep a driver around in the sport, even if you're a very successful team like Rick Henrik, to go unsponsored. Yes, Chase Elliott, William Byron, Alex Bowman all have sponsorship for the 2021 season. But that still doesn't mean that you can run a full four-car team and be successful with every single one of those cars. So I'm a little concerned with Kyle Larson right now. And honestly, if he doesn't pick up a sponsorship by the end of this year or really even perform that well, why should Rick Henrik hold on to a driver who's so controversial that he can't get a sponsorship and not really perform the Cup Series after the whole incident? It would be better off to move on with younger talent. So Kyle Larson does have a lot of proof right now. He needs to run really well at the beginning of these races to even have sponsorships turn to look at him because right now an unsponsored car is always worrisome now who knows maybe he finds a sponsorship before the daytona 500 maybe they're just waiting right now but a lot of us are really worried because it right now it looks like it's going to be henrickcars.com that's mostly going to be sponsoring that machine but we could be wrong let's see what happens but right now i would say kyle larson's definitely in the hot seat 
Next big name driver I have here is Denny Hamlin. Believe it or not, his contract, as well as FedEx, ends in the 2021 season with Joe Gibbs Racing. And the thing is, I really see him potentially moving on to his own team with Michael Jordan and running alongside Bubba Wallace. There was rumors that that team was going to be expanding to a two-car operation when the next-gen car came out, and that could be where Denny Hamlin's going. Denny Hamlin has a lot of sponsorships right now that stay with him, and honestly, why would you stay with Joe Gibbs Racing when you can have a car that's equally talented, but you own the team? Now, we don't know how well this team is going to run. I mean, Michael Jordan, we've seen how he does as an owner with the Charlotte Bobcats. Do you remember that team? Now they're known as the Charlotte Hornets. They're not really that good of a team. So I'm hoping that Bubba Wallace does really good in that number 23 car. We shall see. But that could honestly be the determining factor on where Denny Hamlin goes. And who knows? Maybe he's actually going to retire after this year. I really don't see that happening. I think he wants to get that championship before he goes. Because if he doesn't win the championship, he is going to be known as one of the greatest drivers to never get it. Because he's already passed Mark Martin in amount of victories. And I thought this year he was going to be a good candidate. But never really performed at Phoenix. That was an honest shock for me. So... This is going to be a very big deciding factor for Denny Hamlin this year. He's definitely in the hot seat for the simple fact that we don't know where he's going to be. Does he stay with Joe Gibbs Racing or does he move on to his own team? Only time will tell, but his contract does end at the end of this year. Next driver is Martin Trex Jr. Martin Trex Jr. has been in the series for at least 15 years in the top series. He also raced in the lower series for quite a few years as well. So he's been around NASCAR for a very, very long time. And he's similar with Kurt Busch. He definitely has less races in front of him than he does behind him. So the question is, how much longer is Martin Trex Jr. going to stay in the top series with his sponsorship ending this year? Well, we got a lot of things going on, both affecting him on the um, inside NASCAR and outside NASCAR. Biggest one is Sherry Pollux, is his girlfriend who is suffering from cancer once again. She did go into surgery, and she says most of the tumors have been removed for the most part. It looks like she's good to go now, but that's really got to affect him uh, mentally because I remember 2014, or yeah, 2014 is what it was when Sherry Pollux was suffering from cancer once again. And honestly, his performance dropped horribly and he was about to leave from the sport entirely. Then he had one of the best comeback stories. You should honestly go to Slap Shoes and watch the Martin Trex Jr. story. It is awesome to see him climb back to the top and finally win a Cup Series championship. But honestly, if something happens to Sherry Pollux and he gets affected like he did back in 2014... Honestly, how much longer are we going to see Martin Trex Jr. in the top series? I mean, he's already proven everything. I don't know if I would want to even see him that much longer because I like to see Martin Trex Jr. finish out on top and not be in a spot where he is honestly having so many things going through his mind that he's not even focusing on the racetrack. So I think if everything goes good with Pollux as well as him, I think everything should he should indicate that he should run a couple more years. However, if things tend to look a little bit bleak, then I think this year may be the last year for Martin Trex Jr. Next one I have here is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. as well as Ryan Priest. Let's include all of JTD Daughtry Racing right now because these guys really need to perform this year. Ryan Priest did not have a good year last year. Um, I mean, at one point he was in negatives, and you, you, when you are negative in points, I mean, everyone in the world is beating you. Inanimate objects are beating you. Uh, fictional characters are beating you. Everyone's beating you when you're at negative. 
And to see him come back was an honest shocker for me. I thought he was gone. I thought he was going to go back down to the lower series. But he signed on for another year, and I was like, holy hell, all right then. And then Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is another one because the one thing that I'm speculating that's going to happen here is maybe after this year, we might start seeing teams that just bring in road course ringers. We might see someone like, let's say, an A.J. Allmendinger. He was with JTG Daughtry Racing for a very long time. Would they sign him back on? I don't know how the relationship was after him getting let go was. Maybe it's a little sour. But they might focus on a driver like that again to see if they can make it in to the playoffs. I mean, that could potentially happen now. And Ricky Stenhouse Jr., he's known as the restricted plate driver, but he really hasn't been there near the end or really been a contender. Yeah, he leads a few laps, but that's about it. I, I don't know how much longer Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has. He's been in the Cup Series for how long? And he really has only just shown some glimmer of hope here and there, and it's mostly been Talladega. This has to be a very important year for him because his contract ends and I don't know if JTG Daughtry wants to stay with him much longer. And the same with Ryan Priest. If Ryan Priest has the same year like he does last year, I wouldn't even want to run the Cup Series if I keep having performances like that. That's just me. But definitely JTG Daughtry as a whole, they this is a very, very important year for them going into next season when they're going to be running the Gen 7 cars. Maybe they have their whole team get completely redone and they might start over, but we'll see. Next one I have here is now, let, since we're focusing on full teams, let's go to Roush Fenway Racing with Ryan Newman and Chris Busher. Both these guys' contracts end here in the 2021 season, but both of them are kind of in different spots right now. Chris Busher's still young. We all know that he has a lot of talent, almost looked like a factor making it into the playoffs midway through the year, but then kind of fell off near the end. And then Ryan Newman, he's getting a little bit up there in age as well. He's been in the sport since 2002 for quite a long time, and he did have that very impressive year in 2003, and then also got a Daytona 500 win in 2008. But other than that, I really haven't seen Ryan Newman really look like a championship contender. Yes, he was in the Final Four for 2014, but I really don't want to count that one because he didn't get a win that year. He just basically kept sneaking through each round and just so happened to finish second at Homestead. But Ryan Newman with the Daytona 500 incident that everyone kept talking about, it was the biggest thing that happened for the most part. He really didn't perform that well once he came back. Races that I thought he would do good at, he didn't really perform that well. And honestly... He's at the point of his career where he's about to leave. He's about to be like Matt Kenseth right now, where he's really right there around the middle near the back, and no one's going to sign on with him if he's going to keep performing right around there. So I really think Ryan Newman, this might be his last year in the Cup Series, and Honestly, I don't really see any other indications. Maybe if they're really desperate and they don't have another driver lined up, maybe they can talk to Ryan Newman, try to keep him in for another year. Because I don't really think they have another driver lined up at the moment. Roush Racing is usually a little bad at that. But Ryan Newman, this could be his last year in the Cup Series as a whole. Now, for the number 17 of Chris Busher. Chris Buescher honestly did pretty well in that number 17 car. A little bit better than Ricky Stenhouse has done in the last few years in that car. Um, I don't really see Chris Buescher really going anywhere. I, but there could be a chance that if he does really bad this year, he could lose his number 17 car. Now, 
I don't know how much of a chance that could happen. I really feel like Chris Buescher can do really good this year. I don't know if he's going to be able to make it to the playoffs. I think he's going to be a little bit short like he was last year. But honestly, Roush Racing doesn't have that many drivers to choose from right now. So I don't really see them doing a complete rehaul of their team. However, if I did have to pick one driver to stay with this team, one over the other, definitely Chris Buescher over Ryan Newman. Next one I have here is the number 10 of Eric Amarola. His contract ends at the end of this year. And right now, uh, Eric Amarola looks to be possibly the driver with the least amount of uh, potential right now. We've seen what he can do. Eric Amarola is a really good driver. Um, not, He's kind of like almost like Kurt Busch per se. The only thing that separates him from Kurt Busch is Kurt Busch can actually get a victory every single year. Eric Amarola usually gets his victory at a restrictor plate track. Actually, I think that's all his victories have been is at restrictor plates. But he can get solid top 10s here and there. The thing is, um, how much longer do you want to rely on a driver to get you nothing but top 10s when you're one of the top running teams? I mean, look at Kevin Harvick. Shoot, he won so many races. I think he won 10 last year. If not 10, it was 9. Either way, it was so damn impressive. And then you got Eric Amarola, who didn't get a victory at all. Now, granted, the only other driver to get a win there was Cole Custer, and it was kind of a fluke, so there's that. Now, the one thing that's going in Eric Amarola's uh, way is Smithfield. He, wherever he goes, Smithfield is going to stay with him. So I think as long as Smithfield wants to stay as a sponsor, Eric Amarola will stay. But once that falls apart, I think we'll see Eric Amarola leave. Next one is Matt Benedetto in that number 21 machine. We already know that Matt Benedetto is not returning to that number 21 car next year since Austin Sendrick will be driving that car. So Matt is in a must-perform scenario. He's going to be looked at from the Daytona 500 all the way to the championship race at Phoenix. He has to perform well. Now, as we've seen, I mean, I've already talked about multiple, multiple spots that could be opening up by the end of this year since um, most of these contracts are ending. Um, but will they sign on with him or will they look at someone in the Xfinity series? That's what he has to prove. And honestly, with the way he's been running last year, I say he did a pretty damn good job, but I think he needs to take it another step higher if he wants to get a top tier spot in the cup series. So definitely one of the drivers who's in a big performance hot seat spot here for the 2021 season. Another one who's in a big spot, let's put the number 48 of Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman, this was last year was supposed to be his last year, but he's kind of the same spot with Brad Keselowski. Got a win, got an extension. So I think that number 48 car, it's been a while since we've seen that car in victory lane. So he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders to get that car in there. But if not, he might be leaving and we could have someone like Noah Gregston taking his spot. Uh, Noah Gregston is actually a big factor for a lot of these drivers. I mean, Kyle Larson, William Byron, Alex Bowman. William Byron signed on until 2022, so he doesn't really fit this category. But those three drivers need to show that they can perform in the top series. And Alex Bowman right now is in a spot where he's in a big chopping block scenario. So definitely same with Matty Bandetto. He's got to perform this year. And if he can do something similar like he did in 2020, I think he'll be okay. But if he does, if he falls off a little bit, more around where William Byron or Jimmy Johnson was running last year, I don't really see Alex Bowman making it past the 2021 season with Rick Henrik Motorsports. 
Now, this next driver, I see staying in the Cup Series for quite a while now. He could be staying with the team that he's currently at, but he could be exploring different options because of how much talent he has, and that's the number eight of Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick, his contract ends after the end of the 2021 season, and we all know that eventually he's going to be a top-tier talent. I mean, he should have won the Rookie of the Year. The only reason he didn't was Cole Custer won that race at Kentucky, so he automatically got locked in. Kind of a BS thing, but Tyler Reddick did really, really good for a rookie season. Now, I am wondering if he would stay with Richard Childress Racing and try to rebuild that organization, or would he try to go to someone like Rick Henrik Motorsports, where he raced with JR Motorsports for a while, and maybe try to run in that number 48 car, or maybe that number 5 car if sponsorships don't work well for Larson. That could be a possibility, and I really think based on his performance this year, it's really going to determine where he can go to and whether if Richard Childress wants to keep him because we don't know what Richard Childress wants to do right now regarding Ty Dillon. I haven't still heard anything from Ty Dillon, and he may want to open up another car for his grandson. I don't think it would be the smartest idea, but there's a possibility that that could happen. Tyler Reddick kind of sits in a very interesting spot where hey, I'm a very talented driver, but I'm with kind of a team that would be if Rick Henrik and Joe Gibbs were S-tier ranking, Richard Childers would be like ranked B-tier right next to Chip Ganassi Motorsports, maybe a little lower than that. So Tyler Reddick is kind of in a spot where if he performs really well, he's got more options to look at as far as contract goes. But really, I see him staying with the number eight car, and that's just me personally. Now, last five drivers here are really drivers who are, we mostly see in the back, and that is Quinn Hoff, Mike McDowell, Anthony Alfredo, Daniel Suarez, and Timmy Hill. Honestly, what's going to base these guys on whether they're going to be here next year or not is just how well they do in the 2021 season. I, I, maybe not too much Timmy Hill. I think most of that will be based on a sponsorship for him, but he's got to make the Daytona 500. We've already seen some speculative Daytona 500 entry list, and I've seen him from 43 up to 48. So there's a lot of pressure on him to make that race. And if it's anything like last year for that team, if they miss that race, they were only going to go part-time at most. At absolute most. So making the Daytona 500 is huge for that team. As far as these other drivers go, they're really kind of in one-year contract scenarios. I mean, Michael McDowell, he's been there for quite a few years, but I think they're really holding on to him to see how he does in the road courses. Plus, he does pretty well with sponsorships, but I think if he has a bad year this year, they might want to move on to another driver. That's just me. Anthony Alfredo, he's kind of like John Hunter Nemechek. He has to do really good in his races. If not, they're going to move on like they did with Matt Tiff as well as John Hunter Nemechek, like I just mentioned, and may look for a different driver. Daniel Suarez is the next one. He was with Gaunt Brothers Racing last year. He now moves on to the number 99 track house team ran by Justin Marks. It's a brand new team, so it will be interesting how they run, but I think he's kind of in a spot right now where if he doesn't really perform that well, I think this will be his last chance in the Cup Series because everyone was hoping he would do well in that number 96 car, and he really never did. I mean, he was right there in the back with Rick Rare Racing, so he's kind of in a spot. I think if he doesn't do good this year, they may want to move on and just look for someone who can actually sponsor the car for the full season. That may run a little bit better than Suarez. And then Quinn Hoff is the final one. I mean, basically all I got to say to Quinn Hoff is don't do what you did last year and be a complete dumbass. Just finish 
inside the top 25 for at least 10 races and you can stay with Starcom Racing. If you don't, then you're going to leave Starcom Racing and you won't probably even have a ride in the truck series. That's where you stay on there. And that, my fellow listeners, is all the drivers that are in the hot seat for the 2021 season. Now let's move on to the final question and that is which drivers will be making the playoffs next year? Alright, so there's not really too much statistics going into this. This is just pure opinion on my part. Uh, let's uh, let's look at the drivers who don't have an absolute chance to make it in. I don't think these drivers are going to be making it in at all. Let's include the double zero team, the number seven car, that's where Corey LaJoy is driving, Brandon Poole on the 15 if he's still there, Ryan Priest, uh, Anthony Alfredo, whoever New York Racing is going to try to get, any of the Rick Rare Racing guys I don't see making it at all, Timmy Hill, the number 77, that's going to be the second car for Spire Motorsports, BJ McLeod's number 78 team, and then whoever the 96 car picks up, and then Daniel Suarez, the number 99 car. It's safe to say that those guys will not be making it into the playoffs. Now let's look at the guys who are pretty safe to say they're going to make it in. I got Brad Keselowski, Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch, Martin Trex Jr., and Joey Logano. These eight drivers were dominant last year, and I see them carrying on that momentum going into this year. They're probably going to make it in with a victory sometime in the regular season for the 2021, maybe even multiple victories. I could see Kevin Harvick doing what he did last year and getting five wins within the first half of the season, maybe even more than that. Chase Elliott dominating every single road course race there is. Denny Hamlin, he could possibly win the Daytona 500 again and do something that no other driver in history has done. These drivers are pretty safe to say that they're going to make it into the playoffs. Other drivers I feel really good about, um, four drivers in particular, I feel really good about Kurt Busch, Eric Amarola, Alex Bowman, and Austin Dillon. These guys have been running fairly well. I wouldn't say that they always run for a victory, but they're usually a good, reliable top 10 guy, and I really don't see them missing it. So honestly, I would secure these 12 guys as far as picks to make it into the playoffs. The rest of these drivers here that sit here are kind of wild cards or dark horses. So wild cards, I have set up eight drivers to specifically look at to fit these final four spots. And then the other four could miss it. And that is Kyle Larson, Tyler Reddick, Chase Briscoe, Christopher Bell, Matt DiBandetto, William Byron, Ross Chastain, and Cole Custer. Larson, I almost put him in the pretty good category, but... The reason why I didn't put him on there right now is same thing I've been talking about this whole time, sponsorship. I don't know how bad that's going to affect him. Tyler Reddick, um, he could he could potentially be in that top 16 half if he does better than his rookie season. Um, he's got to be at the same level as Austin Dillon consistently. Um, we'll have to see, but I feel very comfortable with Tyler Reddick making it into the playoffs this year. Chase Briscoe, he's going to be kind of similar with Chase Elliott, I would say, and he would look really good at road courses. He did phenomenal in the Indianapolis road course. Actually, just almost dominated every single race in the Xfinity Series except for the Phoenix race, which is why he didn't get the championship. But Chase Briscoe looks like a really talented rookie that could surprise all of us and potentially make it in. If not, he's probably going to finish 17th or 18th in points at worst. Christopher Bell is in that number 20 car, and this is a big opportunity for him to finally get that number 20 car back into the playoffs. Eric Jones missed it last year. He did make it the year before, but got eliminated pretty early. I think he only scored like a total of four points in the first round in 2018. 
It, it was pretty abysmal to say the least. But Christopher Bell has a lot of talent. If you've ever watched him in the truck series in the Xfinity, we know he can race. So he just needs a good running team. And now he's with Joe Gibbs Racing. He's with that number 20 car. We've seen that 20 car perform in the past with Matt Kenseth back in 2013. Christopher Bell could eventually be in that spot. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but there's a good chance that he could make it in over some of these other drivers on this list. The number 21 of Matt Benedetto. He has to do good this year. He has to make it into the playoffs. He's really fighting for a spot in the 2022 season with that new Gen 7 car. So he has to really perform, but that could put pressure on him. Um, I don't know how much pressure because he's been in this spot multiple times with the number 95 car, even last year in that number 21 machine, and he's been able to perform really well. The only question is, could he finally get that victory? He's gotten quite a few second place finishes. So we'll see. Maybe this year he can finally do it. But if not, uh, he's going to be right there very close to make it into the playoffs. William Byron in the number 24 car. This guy should be making it in. I wanted to put him in the pretty good category, but he's got a new crew chief this year. He no longer has Chad Knauts. And honestly, with William Byron, if he didn't get that contract extension, he would be one of the number one drivers that I would see in the hot seat for 2021. Um, I think if he can't make it this year, then he's definitely almost guaranteed on the chopping block, and Noah Gregson will be licking his lips going to that number 24 car. We shall see how he does. I mean, he does have his Truck Series crew chief, and they did really well together, but that was the Truck Series. This is the Cup Series. Let's see if he can finally perform well in that number 24 machine. Ross Chastain did phenomenal in the Xfinity Series, got a bunch of top 10s, could not get that victory, just had bad luck, but obviously that is a completely different breed here from the top of the best. Ran in the number 15 car, kind of really finished around in the 30th position. That was a completely different car. There's a lot better car. So he could be right there in the mix. I see him more on the outside looking in, but there is still a good chance to see Ross Chastain potentially knocking out some of these drivers on this list. And then finally, you got to include Cole Custer. Cole Custer is still a very talented driver, even though he got that fluke win at Kentucky. He still can do some really good runs in that number 41 machine. The question is, can he do it more consistently than he did last year? Only time will tell. And those are mostly the wild card spots. Um, drivers who have a really good chance of making it in by points, but at the same time could miss it by just a couple of points. If I had to pick four drivers in this list that I feel the most comfortable with making it into the 2021 season, it would be Kyle Larson, if with sponsorship, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, and, oh man, I think I have to say Matt Benedetto over William Byron. I, I don't know. William Byron is just, I I don't know how many how much time left I have for him. I want to see him do good. He, he did good at Daytona, but we don't need a restrictor plate driver for in that number 24 car. We need a guy who kicks ass at every single racetrack, and I don't know if we've truly seen that yet. Uh, Ross Chastain, Cole Custer, and Chase Briscoe, they're still young drivers. I, I feel like they could um, make it in in the later years, but this year could be one that's going to be really tough for them. Now, I've also included some dark horses here. They need some help. I think they're going to make it in with a victory more than anything. I don't think they would make it into points, but I could see them potentially getting a win somewhere, and that is Ryan Newman, Chris Buescher, Bubba Wallace in the number 23, Michael McDowell, 
Eric Jones in the number 43, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Most of these guys I could see potentially getting a win at one of the restrictor plates. Eric Jones has been one of those drivers that can win some of the crown jewel events. I don't know if he can do it with Richard Petty Motorsports with, say, like a track like, oh, I don't know, like Darlington. But he could do it at Talladega or Daytona, potentially. Ryan Newman and Chris Buescher definitely do good in the restrictor plate tracks. Chris Buescher, I think, would um, be a guy that could potentially make it in by points. But he needs a lot of help. There's a lot of talent in front of him. And his team is not as great as they once were. So he has a lot of work. And Bubba Wallace, I don't know how that number 23 car is going to be this year. We don't know yet. Um, I'd say he's more of a dark horse than a wild card, uh, more than likely. Then Michael McDowell, same thing with him. With the road courses, just got to perform. And if he doesn't perform, I don't really see him in that number 34 car. And then Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Always a candidate at Talladega, not too much Daytona, but if he could actually finally put it all together, he could get that win at Talladega and take one of those spots away from one of those wild card drivers. So that's what I got here as far as drivers who could make it into the playoffs. If I had to pick a solid 16, I would go with, again, my safe picks who are Brad Keselowski, Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch, Martin Trex Jr., Joey Logano, and then with Kurt Busch, Eric Amarola, Alex Bowman, Austin Dillon, and then Kyle Larson, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, and Matt Benedetto. Those are the 16 drivers that I see running for a championship at the end of this year. Obviously, as time goes by, things will change, but I feel comfortable heading into the Daytona 500 having these 16 on my roster. And that will do it for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Kind of a longer episode, but we went into kind of details on every single one of these drivers, which I felt like was really fun to see because, you know, during January, we really don't know what's going to be going on here. There still could be some driver changes. I mean, there's a lot of spots that need to be filled in. I mean, New York Racing is figuring out which driver is going to be in their spot because they're thinking about running full time. Who's going to be in the second car for Spire Motorsports? Will Gaunt Brothers Racing be racing full-time? I mean, there's a lot of unanswered questions at this time, but hopefully as the weeks go by closer to the Daytona 500, we will finally get those answers. But in the meantime, guys, thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast.